The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread, taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the two by three, two threes scored in the first three minutes. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash blue wire. That's fanduel.com slash blue wire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Virginia. You know, he has to learn his lessons and I have to learn my lessons so that when our paths do cross, it's at a certain point in life and a certain time in life when it's supposed to be and when it's meant to be. And like, he's on his path to finding me and I'm on my path to finding him. And you just have to lean into that trust and that faith that eventually the lines cross and you're never going to know when that is until it happens. And when it does, it'll be a great thing and a beautiful thing. But like, my God, like so much is happening right here, right now, right where we are. That's incredible. And this chapter is important too. What's up and welcome to the very best self podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today, you guys, I have Grace Valentine on the podcast. (laughs) Derek, am I going to say it again? Am I actually going to say it again? I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) I'm really excited for this episode. Um, But it's the truth. I don't lie because I really am. I'm excited for the episode. Um, So Grace Valentine is, gosh, she just keeps it so real, you guys. She keeps it so freaking real. Um, I really love her perspective in this episode. So she is all of the freaking things. She's a blogger, podcast host herself, and a three-time author uh, who also has her fourth book coming out in the spring, which is just like absolutely just incredible. Uh, She's a speaker and really all of what she does is aligned through sharing her faith. And so it's a topic we haven't touched on much on this podcast, but obviously it has a lot to do with mindset. And I think no matter who you believe in or what you believe in, there's a space for anyone in, uh, in this episode. So I hope that it draws you a little bit closer to your, your personal North star yourself, and that there are some messages in here that you need to hear today. So without further ado, we will get all the way into it. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. You guys, I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I have Grace Valentine on the podcast today. Also, I cannot believe that you're, that is your name. That is the coolest name. I lucked out. 
I really did luck out on that. Shout out to the parents for that. <laughs> yeah, you hit the jackpot. Like Grace Valentine. That sounds like I don't even know what that sounds like. That just sounds like a movie character or something. I don't even know, but I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I well, it's almost like it works. Sounds like I did have one person say when I was growing up, it sounds like a stripper. And I was like, you know, honestly, it would be a great stripper name, I'm sure. Um it would be but, not wrong. nothing wrong with that, but it or but it is just like a fun personality. I'm like, if I ever get married, I'm gonna be that girl who's like. I don't know if I can depart from my last name. It's like part of my identity. So, I mean, I feel that just because like my name is Victoria Brown and a lot of people call me VB. So for me, like I, like I'm not losing my name, my name, my nickname VB. So when I get married, I'll just be Victoria Brown Court. I'll just make oh, my last name my middle name. So, yeah, that, keep the last name, move it to the middle. I'm, I'm team yeah. that, you know, my middle yeah. name, Elaine, that can ditch, you know, cross that out. Tender. Yeah. Something new, uh, new maybe family. I'll give Heather like my firstborn child can have Heather as her middle yeah, name. Yeah, that's good. See, mine's Elaine, which always like kind of like weirdly pissed me off when people call me Gracie because it's like Gracie Lane, and then they would think it was Gracie Elaine Elaine or something. And I was like, I'm not a Gracie. That's a dog name. Like, which nothing wrong with anyone who's named Gracie listening. Great name, just not my brand, not who I am. So, oh my God. Okay, top of the interview. I already love you. I'm obsessed. Okay, great. I love it. Um, but anyways. We are already sidetracked, which I love because I'm into that, but like, I'm yeah. so, there's just so much that I want to get into and so much I want to talk to you about. Um, and I'm just really excited to have you on. Um, so you kind of, you're, you're, you're so many things. Let's talk about all the things you are. You're a blogger, a podcast host, you're an author, um, you are a speaker and your content is mostly, um, kind of around younger college girls, which if that's not you, obviously you should definitely stick around because the things we're going to talk about will translate to any age. Um, and those of you who know me know that I am not a young college girl. So, uh, <laughs> I'm here for the message still. Um, and a lot of your content, I would say all of your content is really faith-based. Um, and so I am, I have a very strong faith myself, but I actually, to be honest, I have done this podcast now for, gosh, we have like over a hundred episodes. We've been doing this for a while. Um, and I don't think I've ever had any, a single episode that's faith-based. This is my first one. Wow. Well, I'm honored to be here because I... I even told when I was like time to like go on podcasts, I'm like, I prefer the podcasts that aren't like in your face, faith, like let go, let God, like this is about deep water moments, like so, like Christianese terms. I'm like, I'm so over those things. And so I love meeting people like you who are giving a positive light and it's a personal choice of yours. And it doesn't, anyone listening here who doesn't have faith, that's okay. Like we all choose our faith to be in something, you know, this is what has worked for us, you know, and helps me and guides me. Um, but to each their own, you know, and I love that you still have other avenues that you're pouring into. It's not just that it's like a foundational thing. It's not what everything you do is based off of it. Right. Well, yes and no, like everything yeah. I do is based off of it, but in internally. Yes. Right. And yeah, so like, that's always, yeah, it's like, it, it really does like, you know, my, I feel like my, my faith really does guide everything that I do and all the choices that I make and how I treat people and how I show up in the yeah. world but it's just not something to talk about. So I'm actually just excited to have the conversation, but also excited because I feel like it's a really cool layer of who I am too, to kind of peel back, to share with my followers that I've never really shared before. So I'm pumped about that. Can I ask you a question first? Yes, of course. Okay. So how, when did your faith become something that was your own? Like how oh, old gosh. are you? 
Oh man, it's probably a long story. I'll try to make it short. So like I'm Presbyterian. And so we grew up going to church every single Sunday. That's like how it was. And I loved it. I loved being there. I loved going there. Like it was just, I I loved it. Um, And then I was confirmed. I went through confirmation and and then we had an unfortunate death in the family. Um, my aunt was 19 years old and she passed in a, um, in a plane crash. Wow. And so we did not lose faith, but we were really, really, really close with the pastor at our church. And shortly after she passed, he left and went to they moved, his family. They moved away. Uh, and so we got a new person and we didn't, it was, I think it was tied with that place being associated with her And yeah, it was just, it just didn't feel the same there. It didn't feel the same. And so we actually just stopped going to church and I've always, I've always been okay with that. Cause like, I don't know, it was just like, it's just a relationship that I have with God. And I feel really good about where I'm at with, with him. And, and I don't know, I've just never felt like, I don't know, called really to, to necessarily go back that I don't Mm. need to go to a church every Sunday for me to have a strong, uh, relationship. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I answered your question though. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but in a way you did, cause it's, it's cool how there's always some, some people have like one weird moment with God that it comes into your heart, but sometimes you can look back later and be like, God placed me in that one moment or in that situation, like being at the church growing up to build a foundation that now I have this relationship with him. And so yeah. I just always love hearing how people like meet him, you know, um, and feel that spiritual faith where it becomes more than just a religion, like you said, more than just a church attendance, but it becomes someone that you reflect on when things go to, to crap, but, you know, when things fall apart, when yeah. grief happens, when life doesn't go your way and when horrible, horrible, broken things happen in this world. And so thanks for answering my question. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and, you know, I think for me, I don't know, like everybody has their own way of dealing with loss and tragedy. And, and for me, I always felt like, I don't know, like she's still like Mm -hmm. with me. And I always felt like there was a lesson I'm meant to learn from it. And through her leaving like a a message I'm meant to carry out in the world. So I always did sort of just lean on the positive aspects of, of, you know, that tragic. Yeah. And I mean, like things like that, when that happens, because I've had, I had a friend who died like right after high school and that hit me hard in grief, especially, which is not what obviously we're talking about, but just want to quickly hit on that. There's nothing like good about those situations, but the best thing about having a faith in God is like a bad thing can be a good thing if it's a God thing. So something as crappy and horrible that God didn't want people to be in this broken world for sin to exist and for people to die, for people to get cancer, for people to have plane crashes, for people to have illness. But it happens because this world is broken, it's temporary, and there's an eternity that will meet something else later. Um, but I've also seen so much good can happen when you let God be God in those moments, when you let him take control, um, and not the brokenness, not the craziness and not the messiness of it all. So I think it's beautiful that you shared that. And thanks for sharing that. Yeah. A literal Jesus take the wheel moment. (laughs) Seriously, bring on the Carrie Underwood in the veins. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, uh, most recently you had a new book that just came out over the summer. What will they think? And so a lot of like the work that you do, um, kind of helps your followers and the people who, you know, just follow all the things that you do, you know, help them stop caring what people think and focus on their own path. And so what led you to, to really write that book? Do you think? Yeah. Well, there's so many things. I mean, one of the main things was I, 
grew up and I always joked that I never wanted to be this woman empowerment girl. Like I wanted to just be like the cute little like housewife. Like I, even though in my heart, I felt called to like do other things than just be like a wife, mother. And that's a beautiful calling. But like, I always felt like there was more for me. I never wanted it. And I kind of would have been okay with not being feminist in a weird way growing up in Southern culture. But there were so many things in my life, whether it was like church or even watching women get abused or even working at a church myself where as a man was making 20 times more money and the money didn't matter to me, but just the awkwardness of it all, like a man sometimes always felt worth more. Um, and so there was a couple of things where I had that moment and I was like, why? Like, there's so many roles that people think women play. Like there's the church role that is toxic sometimes where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, women are supposed to sit still. Um, men are the heroes for the narrative of God's glory. And women can be there on the action, like serving a dinner plate, you know, they bring I the dishes the to the part, to the potluck and like, you know, yeah, take the kids to Sunday school, drop them off. The husband will work. And then there's also the secular stance in the world where the, I feel like when I was seeking my worth in this world as a woman, it was like, how do I get hotter? How do I get skinnier? And through an eating disorder in high school for being like the bullied girl in middle school. And you grow up and you're like, you can still remember the jerk's name who in eighth grade said you were ugly and like the worst mm-hmm. person, you know, and started rumors about you. Like, I still remember those people's name. Like I've had to try to leave the this behind. Um, and then I became like cool in high school and I had an eating disorder and I, but people listened to me more and I hated that when I got quote unquote hotter Right. Because of the way the world works, I did have more power, but I was hungry. I was un, like mentally not stable. There were so many things I need to work through. So I felt like I tried both avenues. I tried the world and I tried to be this girl boss doing it all, all the accolades, all the jobs, all the things and look good while doing it. And then I tried to be this soft spoken person that was not me. And that wasn't who I felt Christ called. And so finally there came a moment in my life where I was like, I don't want to hear what quote unquote, Christians say women should be. And I don't want to hear what the secular world says I should be. Let me just try to open my Bible and see what God says women are. And I feel like I almost got tricked all these times, whether in church or the secular world, because I always thought Jesus hated women, that women were called to just sit still, um, not do anything cool. But the best thing about the Bible is even though it was written 2000 years ago, and I know the people who helped the Bible form didn't even want women to have roles. Like they, they didn't want women to be part of the story. There right. were so many women who were part of the story and Jesus was ahead of his time and called women up and gave people woman power. Like there's even someone in the named Deborah who was a political leader and led a war. Like, and those are things that they don't talk about in church and it's literally in the Bible. And so I kind of became passionate about one, not caring what people think because I had tried both avenues. I tried to make the Christians happy, the secular people happy, and no one was happy and I wasn't happy. You know, I could never please yeah. those people. But then I also wanted people to see the woman of the Bible because when we look at the way that they, what they thought of was how, to, you know, they were messy. They didn't always do it great. But when they chose to not care what other people thought, but to just to focus on what God called them to, they did bold, crazy, cool things. Like whether it's leading an army, whether it's even just seeing the God who sees them and like having a moment with him that is so powerful, whether it's getting pregnant at a crazy age and a miracle happening, I thought never could happen. Whether it's even just sewing clothes to the people in their community who were overlooked. Like those were stories of women in the Bible who we don't hear about, but they were so bold. And we as women today can learn so much from them about not caring what people think and not letting anything stop us from our calling and what we feel in our heart. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. Wow. So in your book, you have, you follow this, you kind of tell the stories of these nine women, uh, that are in actually in the Bible that we don't hear about all the time who, like you said, dig really cool stuff. Um, and I like that. So you shed a light on, on these women who have not had a light shine on them. Yeah. And it's crazy because you think about like classic churches do a series on so many things. And I'm like, Oh, there's been these women this whole time. And um, obviously, I mean, I've also seen the church get better. Like I've seen some really crappy churches that have hurt women, abused women, silenced women, but I've also seen lately some churches that have called women up the way Jesus did. And I think it helps me decipher too. Like when someone is actually like living a Christian life out of the Holy Spirit, or if they're doing it to seem like a powerful and like controlling you know, and right a narrative that isn't from God, you know? Right. Man, that's wild. I love that. Um, I like that perspective. And it's probably the reason why I think I saw on your Instagram, like the, the book is like number one right now for young Christian books. Right. Yeah. I was, I was super surprised just cause I feel like I'm still like, it's like, you know, Hannah Montana, the ordinary girl. I'm like, I'm just the girl who has a Honda Civic, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but still, but it was for Christian young adults next to some authors that I've always admired. Um, and I consider myself more of a hot mess. Like I'm still figuring life out. Like I get excited when I'm at a wedding as an open bar. Like, you know, that's like kind of my speed. Like, I'm like, I'm not this pastor, like, you know, but I enjoy teaching God's word in a relatable way, not to be a preacher, but just to be a friend who's like, this is the truth. Like, this is what's going on in the Bible. But yeah, it did hit number one for Christian young adults, which I was really excited about. Wow. And so before we started this interview, even I was like, I mentioned, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about your book. And you're like, oh yeah. Like, I feel like it came out so long ago. And I was like, oh, it's October. Didn't, as far as I'm, as far as I know, your book came out in like July. So it was like literally yesterday. And you're like, yeah, well, I got another one coming out in the spring. And I'm like, girl, what are you like, what are you doing over there? Cranking these books out. And you already have a couple before this too. So how many have you written? Yeah. What's that process like? Gosh. Uh, so this was my third book and my fourth book will come out in the spring. That's a devotion okay. book, which I'm really excited about. So it's something that's a little easier to read. Um, and great. Cause a lot of my followers who are young adults, like they're like me and we're all ADD a little, you know, <laughs> we're like, I always try to do short chapters for a reason, but yeah. So when I was in high school, I loved to write. Even when I was 12 years old, I told my parents I wanted to be an author. And I thought I was like the next Nicholas Sparks. I'm like, I have so many romantic movies in my head. Like I, like, you know, just kids with hormones. You're like, what if I meet a guy here? Let's write a story. Um, but I can look back and it's just like, I'm sure you probably have so many things in your life where God was almost hinting to you that you would be like doing a podcast one day. Like I'm sure like where you were having conversations with people, you enjoyed that. You brought good questions to the table. Like I can look back and me as a 12 year old, like in my computer, like writing on word and doing like a weird word art title. Like that was God paving away. Um, and in high school, like I said, I went from being bullied. I even had a disease in eighth grade picture day where like half my face was paralyzed for three months called Bell's Posley. Like things just like happened yeah. to me. I was like a target, like glasses, not cute. Then I had an eating disorder and I wrote my first blog at that point. And that's when like, I felt God tell me that I was going to be doing this. And I spoke at my high school graduation and it wasn't like a Jesus moment. But I remember also thinking, man, if I ever got my crap together and felt confident, it would be so cool to speak and maybe point people to Jesus Christ. But there's no woman who do that. That was even something that I mentally thought because I was like, I've never seen a woman stand up and speak about Jesus Christ. Like that would be a cool career, but obviously it doesn't exist. And so, I mean, when I think about all those things, I had to once again, listen to not what I saw was possible and not what 
I also felt like other people thought was possible of me. I had to look at what God was calling me to be. So also for everyone listening to this, sometimes the crazy thing that is being put on your heart over and over again, that feels like not you, like whether it's, I don't want to go back to school. Like there's no way I can go back to school. Like my last GPA was a 2.5 or I don't want to have to start a business in this town. Like really they want a boutique from someone like me. I'm in, I'm this age. Like it's so cool when you can realize I'm not going to listen to what those things and what makes sense. I'm going to listen to what is on my heart and what I feel like for me, God, a bigger purpose in life put on my heart. I love that. And also, you know, it's so I've been thinking a lot recently about, you know, these callings that we have and these things that we want to do. And it's not easy. It's never going to be easy, right. To get to that place. Mm -hmm. And so something that's really been like kind of tugging on me recently is like the barrier to entry to do something new. It's the bar is set really high. Like if you're trying to do something new, create something, you have a really big goal, a really big dream, something you want to do, create someplace you want to get to, like the barrier to entry is really, really high. And at the gates to the next level, you're going to be met with challenges and setbacks and things that are going to try to like make you potentially change your mind or throw in the towel or give up or whatever it is. Um, but I feel like those challenges are there on for a reason as well. They're there to serve a purpose, like to say like this challenge is showing up because it's not supposed to be easy. And if the challenge is showing up, that means I'm really, really close to breaking through. Mm, amen. I mean, there's like that cheesy quote that's so true. Nothing good comes easy. And I mean, I can look back and also I was made fun of in the beginning because it's it's weird to start a blog when you're just a nobody sorority girl with like 1000 followers saying, hey guys, here's my advice. And sometimes when I go speak at sororities or something, I'm like, this is so weird. Like, not that how did I like, how did I get here? But like it all was so many blogs. I wrote so many little things. I didn't just write a book. That's also what people don't understand. Like I wrote so many things before and some of them sucked, but you're going to have to kind of suck, especially in creative careers. First, and you have to not care what people think, but also take the feedback that comes from wisdom. Don't take the criticism that comes from someone who's just watching you try to do something, but take the feedback that comes from someone trying to push you to be better. And that's also something I had to learn because I used to not be able to tell the difference between feedback and criticism. Like someone would criticize me, but they would do it out of a vain and hurtful tactic because they wanted me to stop because no one happier or more successful than you will ever talk bad about you. And that was kind of why they were talking bad about you. But then I had friends who'd be like, you know, I didn't really understand this point. Maybe if you wrote it a little more clear and they were trying to help me. And that's how you're going to get better in anything in life is if you find the people who are worth listening to that you could take their advice. And it's not about doing it because you want them to think you're good, but it's about doing it in a way that you can trust their feedback because they're seeking wisdom and they're seeking guidance and they care about you. But the people who are just going to talk about you, like let them talk, like don't waste your breath or energy because nothing good comes easy and you're not going to be amazing. The first couple try your boutiques first launch won't be amazing. Your first podcast isn't the best, but like you'll get better over time. Right, man. That is a mic drop moment right there for sure. Cause it's, it's because it's true. It's just true. It it really is. And like, I love the the point about no one doing better than you or how did you say it? How's it go again? No one happier or more successful than you will ever waste their breath talking bad about you. Right. Yeah. Like Kim yeah. Kardashian is not talking about me, you know, like, <laughs> like, which obviously she doesn't even know exists, but, um, even though I love skims, um, please know I exist. <laughs> I'm a skims lover. Um, but 
you know, like just like, I mean, even with Taylor Swift, like any other star that talks about her, she's probably doing better than them. You know, it's just it's how it's been. It's how it will continue to be. Yeah. And like, not that we're sheep, but like, that's the other quote, right? It's like lions don't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. Oh, yes. And that's sheep and followers. Once again, like the whole point of that quote is sheep just follow whatever the trend is. If you're going to be the person who's going to step out and do that calling, a lot of times you're going to go a different path than a lot of the people, maybe even the people in your past, like maybe people who've known you for a long time and you may feel guilty about that. But like you can't ever feel guilty for going where God's calling you because also there's a person he's calling you to do it for. And it may be one, it may be 10,000, it may be 5,000, it may be your family, but there's an impact that that boldness comes and brings when you do that. Right. So did you just always grow up like in a religious family? You know, how did you find your calling? What was your, did you have a moment? Yeah, I would definitely say the graduation speech thing when I was like, I was, had an eating disorder. I remember one being so freaking hungry. Like, if you've ever, like, you know, I look back and I'm like, I wasn't mean. I was just hungry guys. If I ever said anything sassy, um, that was the moment that I really felt it. But then I went to college and I like drank a lot and like lived a little party life. Um, but I think that was so good for me to experience, even though that was so still me trying to find myself. Um, and there was no like one moment where I turned away and was like, that's it. No more shots. That's it. You know, like there was no like burning bush and goosebumps, but there was a day where I woke up and I remembered those childhood moments. And I was like, why am I just almost becoming a sheep? Why am I so worried about a dang sorority exec position? and looking cool and convincing a frat boy to bring me to formal when I feel like I was called to something more. And there, then I just opened up my laptop and started doing it. And there was, it, it didn't come easy once again, but it was one of those moments, but in God in general, I mean, I grew up near new Orleans, Louisiana, and I'm so thankful for that because I got to see like all sides of the world. And I think it showed me a lot of culture and there's so many great things about new Orleans, but definitely did grow up faster being in South Louisiana in a public school. My parents always took me to church and they loved Jesus, but we didn't like talk about it as a family. We were never like, what's God doing in your life? Like that was kind of like very much, they were more traditional in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say the first time I prayed to God seriously was during hurricane Katrina. When we evacuated, I was fourth grade starting a new school and wow. I was scared. And I remember being like, I'm about to start a new school in Florida. Well, I don't know what's going on with my house. Like, I don't know if this is how this works, but I need you, God. Because I had only done like the classic prayers. And so once again, all those things were leading me. And then there were so many other hard times too, whether it was the body image, the bullying, the sorority girl who blacked out too many times where I had those same prayers of the Katrina. Obviously it wasn't a little hurricane, but it kind of felt like a storm. And so I can see now that like all those storms, like I said earlier, the bad things became good things when they became God things. When I like were brought to my knees and I was like, there's something else that has to give. And every time I've kind of taken that fourth grader who prayed that prayer and prayed that prayer again, like God has shown up. And now I make it more of a continual conversation with Jesus. I don't just call him in like times of a crisis, right. but I have seen like how beautiful those moments are when I was to turn to him and then try to keep the relationship alive. Try to tell him about the good things too and the hard things and yeah, the I successes. Try I try yeah. not to just ask for help or guidance all the time and try to do both, like and just yeah. check in and be like, hey, so this is what's happening right now. <laughs> exactly. Or like when I drive, sometimes I'll turn off music and I'll be like, okay, God, I've been a while. Like, let's, let's chat it up. One time I did a half marathon 
in North Carolina. And this taught me a lot about prayer in general, but Mm. I, this was back when I was like an idiot with music. Like, I don't think I had Spotify premium. I had Pandora. I was like, what in the like boomer was I doing? Okay. But I thought I downloaded my podcast, right. And everything. And I was in the mountains and I turned like on three miles and I lost reception and I only had the 18 by a chair. And like, that's the only thing that I legally downloaded from when I was 10 years old. So then I started running for, I was like, I have 10 more miles. I only have the A team. I started crying. That one uh, song. Yeah. That was the only song that downloaded or was on my iCloud. It was like, they say she's in the uh-huh. class. And I, I started crying. I was like, this sucks. But I honestly had a moment there too, where I was like, okay, I'm here. What like, am I supposed to be hearing? What am I, I was supposed like, to be I'm, to? God, you better talk to me. It can't just be me talking to you. It's gotta be a two way conversation. And I really honestly meditated in those last 10 miles. And I was not trained for that half marathon. Like I should have, but that was a moment for me where I realized prayer is a conversation. I have to also not just talk, but give God a chance to speak and kind of let silence. Sometimes it feels awkward, but yes. let him come in in that moment. And so, and it's not like praying is also sitting still like on your knees in a church, like prayer might be going on a walk or a run or in a half marathon, stressed out, turning off a chair and, you know, or in drives in your car. And I think that's also been big for my relationship with Jesus to realize it doesn't have to be still like in the way that we've used to, but it's stilling my mind, like being still mm-hmm. and knowing he is God comes from stopping me from seeing the world's opinion of me and the, the hustle of it all. That's something I have to remind myself all the time is get quiet enough and stop like enough to listen because it's really easy to always ask for guidance, ask for help. Like, but sometimes we're just asking, 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 asking that we don't take any time to actually like hear the response. Amen. And it's loud. It's really loud. If you listen. Yeah. A lot of times. And it's not going to, I think that's also the thing is I used to want God to like slap me in the face. I'm like, come to Jesus moment. Like, Hocus pocus, but he doesn't need to like use mere words to speak to us. Like if he is the God of this universe and the creator, like why would he use the human language to like enter your heart when he can enter your thoughts, when he get into your mind, when he can uh, lead your life, drop little hints through the mountains moving and through the sunrise. Like why would he say, Hey Grace, what's up? You know, if he can do that. And that's also what I had to realize is it's not that he can't, it's just that he has greater ways to talk to me than just, texting me and having a mere conversation. Right. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way either. Um, I love that. Um, so just to switch gears a little bit, because I know that you give a lot of advice to, uh, single girls who really want to find their partner, want it. They're afraid of being alone. They're afraid of being single. Like they, you know, think less of themselves and it's, it's scary. Um, you know, what do you say to those girls? Yeah. Well, I think also this is where a lot of the quote unquote Christian world has got it wrong with the, like, just wait for a good man. And like, I'm all for, I'm not going to settle and date like a crappy man. Like, you know, which oh, there's been tempting times where you're like, eh, Oh, I have me. not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me, me, me <laughs> summer. like, you know, like, like I would never do that. Um, but this time I try to convince myself that it's a yellow flag, not a red, but it's a red flag. But I've also had to realize I'm not called to like sit still and wait as in, Hmm, I'm waiting, like, I'm going to wait and not settle for a bad guy and try to remind myself that, but I'm going to go do cool things. Like this is a gift. And I also get annoyed because growing up in Christian culture, you'll always hear like a pastor who's like 
40, got married at 21, say single, this is a gift. Like it happens when you least expect it. And I'm like, those, that those are two like horrible things to say when you can't relate. Cause I'm mm. like, you don't, if it's such a gift, then why don't you live on your own? Like pastor Steven, you know, like, have you never tried it? Like you <laughs> yeah. got married the first chance you got like a hormone anyways. But I mean, for me, what I found so much peace is I can look back on all the things that I got recently because I was single, like all the things that I did, the places I've been. And I have to be like, honestly, the reason I got that was because I was single. And I think God knows my personality so well to know that if I was married at 22, like maybe I would have liked in my quote unquote Southern culture, I would have done what I'm doing now. And so I'd encourage any single young woman to also first look at their blessings. It's so easy to be so waiting on your next that you forget to thank God for how far you've come. Um, And it's almost easy to resent him for it because we see the mean girl get the guy. We see all those people do that. But I'm also very much so sure that God knows your heart. And it's not that he's hindering you from good. He's leading you to good. And there's something in you that is not in that person that he knows needs to come out and needs to be shared. And so respect that. But also, I think when it comes to dating and kind of figuring that out, I've just learned not to keep myself busy, but to keep myself energized with hobbies that keep me alive. Um, cause when I meet someone, I hope it's like that. Like granted I've, I have the dating apps. There's nothing wrong with that, putting yourself out there, but I also have a life that is meant to be lived and not just spent scrolling, hoping for someone to like match with me every day, you know? And so right. this is such a great time when you're single to go find things that make you come alive and like look to your left and to your right. And maybe God will bring them definitely like flare with those people. when you see them, like, don't have to be silent and like play pickleball, like looking at yourself, you know, but it is so cool to be able to have the time on a Saturday morning when you would normally be on a date to be like, I'm going to go to the farmer's market and get some fresh tomatoes and see who I bump into. And like every day is a blessing when you're not putting the pressure on yourself to find your husband, but to find happiness and joy in the adventure of life. I could not agree more. And honestly, this, I feel like is a topic I could talk about until I'm like, I could talk about all day, every day, because there were so many moments in my twenties where I feel like I wasted time Mm. crying over guys, chasing dudes, feeling like I was the last person to get on the boat. Like every, the boat already left and I got left behind or there was something wrong with me or I wasn't good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, whatever, funny enough, all of it. And it's, it's such wasted time because life is so it's so long in, in so many ways. Right. And there's every chapter is important and every chapter matters and every chapter is beautiful. And so it's like, if you're constantly wishing to be in a different chapter, then you don't get to enjoy the chapter that you're in. And there is so much beauty in being single in learning who you are. And also like, I always like, you know, I used to say to my grandma when I was single and like, I was sad about that at the time, like, Oh, I'm just out there. She was, I, I how did I say it to her? I'd be like, grandma, I'm just, I'm just trying to find the one. I'm just trying to find him. And she would say to me, which I always gave me so much comfort is, well, he's out there looking for you too. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, like the first time I will never forget where I was in the car, driving down the road. I know exactly what road I was on. I know exactly where I was. I remember exactly, like I can see that day in my mind clear as day. And it was a turning point for me in my life when I, when she said, he's out there looking for you too. And I remember it was just like, kind of took like the air out of my lungs for a second because I was just like, Oh, like 
you know, he has to learn his lessons and I have to learn my lessons so that when our paths do cross, like it's at a certain point in life and a certain time in life when it's supposed to be and when it's meant to be. And like, he's on his path to finding me and I'm on my path to finding him. And you just have to lean into that trust and that faith that eventually the lines cross and you're never going to know when that is until it happens. And when it does, it'll be a great thing and a beautiful thing. But like, my God, like so much is happening right here, right now, right where we are. That's incredible. And this chapter is important too, you know? I love what your grandma said because it's also, it's so easy to get discouraged and think that there's no one who would out there, like also the idea of looking for me. And I think we also negate, we do what you said, where you're like, am I not pretty enough? Is the reason this person's married and not me because of this, this, this. And it has nothing to do with that. It's just what's meant to be will be, you know, you don't have control of it. You can't, you're not the author of your story. You can't write your love story. You're not Nicholas Sparks. Like you can't say you're going to go to the farmer's market and bump and take you guy, but you can say, I'm going to live a joyful life and I'm going to embrace every little walk, every opportunity, every conversation and get to know the person and also get to know yourself in the way that you are. I mean, I know myself more than I did at 22 and I'm 26 now. And I feel like if I would have found someone at 22, oh my gosh, I had so much more growing up to do. And so I'm sure in three years, I'll probably say the same thing. And also, I've also seen so many people who are heartbroken or who stay in relationships because they're so scared of being single. And I also want to say, don't be so scared of being single that you settle for a mediocre life. Like you were not put on this earth to have a mediocre life. Like God wants you to walk in your calling, be bold. Um, And don't waste one more day on someone that you're settling for. because that's just going to tear you down and also be thankful if you are single that you're not in a broken relationship where you're settling because we've all been there too we've been that girl who's like maybe he'll get better and it's like the hopeless feeling and so if there's one place worse than being not worse singleness isn't bad but if there is something that gives you comfort it's that you could be stuck in a relationship right now that was not meant to be and like praise god for the idea that you are not that you have the freedom that you can walk away and that you can experience the joys yeah And it's such an important conversation because there's just, I wasted a lot of time and and I hate to see anyone else do that. And so I also, you didn't waste your time. I like, cause I have also been there too, where I'm like, uh, that was a six month intermission or that was a year. Like, like, I wouldn't go, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't change the way that I did anything. That material got some, uh, everyone needs a comedic relief, a villain in the story. I'm joking. But, um, but yeah, there's so much that I can look back and I've learned, but I'm like, I'm not going to go forward and make that same mistake. Like I'm not right. going to waste one more second. Yeah, exactly. Um, so last thing we're talking about is your, your mini books on your Instagram as well that you write. So, or what, let's talk about those. What are they exactly? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think it was around COVID or right before I was like trying to do, and this is also a good message for anyone in any career. I was trying to do what every author did and put like one liners, like you were made for this like message, like, you know, something that was a very like cheesy and I would do it and it wouldn't work. And it wasn't me. It was almost like putting on jeans that didn't fit, like trying to put your high school jeans on or like someone else's jeans. And I'm like, these have been worn by someone else. It's just not meant for me. And I'm like, I'm not someone who was a one-liner. I want to like write a whole freaking six paragraph, but so many people in the industry were like, well, no one does that anymore. Like no one has the attention span to swipe and read. And I'm like, you know what? But this is the only way I know how to write. Like I'm a blogger through and through. I'm not a one-liner. I mean, you, I might bold a line. And so I did what I felt 
was the way that I wrote in my creative way. And it's cool because that's kind of what's resonated a lot with my audience is that they can find like a little devotional, easy to read straight to the point. Like it might be five reminders. It might be a little five, like little mini book slideshow thing, but it'll be like long paragraphs and they will read it. And I think this, this rumor that people don't have time for good material. And that is such a lie. Like people are going to make time for what they know they need to make time for. And so that's kind of what I've done on there. And I just have a heart for relating things back to scripture. And so I don't ever want it to just be my words because I know my words are kind of always going to fall short. You know, Mm -hmm. I want it to also relate to the Holy word of God. And so that's something I try to do in a sly way because I know so many people have been abused by the word of God because people have nitpicked it to hurt them or isolate them from the church or Christianity. And so I'm like, I want to do it in a way that it comes across in a loving way. And also in a way where you're not expecting it. Like I relate at first and then I switch it to a perspective on me and I'm switching to perspective on Christ and I put in a verse that they can relate and I translate it kind of into a relatable sense. But yeah, I enjoy writing those on Instagram, especially for those college sorority girls. It's like my top demographic. It's like funny to see the cities. It's like Tuscaloosa, College Station, Athens. Um, But I really do have a heart for the young adult in the party scene or just surrounded by so many lies. And I think college women are also statistically more likely to get raped. Like they're more likely to feel lonely, which is the irony. You're going to pay for all the sorority bills and you're still going to feel lonely. Like there's so many things more likely to have an eating disorder. So there's a lot of my heart that goes out to a lot of those young adults that are figuring it out. And sometimes they're learning some lessons the hard way and just want to be able to there point them the truth. I love that. So the last question I'll ask you is what's the best piece of advice that you could give your younger self? Wow. So maybe it's funny. You said your grandma and that really resonated with me. Like, because my grandma is like one of my best friends. Literally. It's like, uh, like I want to be you. Like she reminds me of Julie Andrews mine. And so I think one listen to her advice that she's always told me since a little girl, because I had always heard it. And it's just now that I'm older, it really resonates with me. She always says, always remember who you are, where you're from and what you represent. And I think that's so important when, when, who you're dating, like who remember who you are, where you're from and what you represent. That's something I have to remind myself. Um, when I walk towards a calling, like I remember who I am, where I'm from, what I represent. And so that's advice she has given me, but also going off the topic too, is that we said earlier is that nothing good will come easy. And that little steps are leading you towards, uh, a big journey. And so those are the two things. What about you? Do you have anything that you wish your younger self could know? Oh gosh. I don't know that anyone's ever pointed it back at me. Um, and I, I asked, I've asked every single guest I've ever had that question. Um, oh, I love pointing the question back because I'm like, it's a conversation and you're the one they've talked to every week on the podcast. You know, like know. you're the one they hear the most. It's good for them to hear from you. Best piece of advice I could give my younger self. Um, just keep trusting, I guess really is always mm-hmm. what it is for me. Just trust is that you're moving in the right direction. You're where you're supposed to be. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. all of the time and that's okay. And you're going to get lost and you're supposed to get lost because oh, that's good. your older you is going to know why those things happened. And, uh, just to trust that when, uh, when none of it makes sense, it'll still be okay. Mm, I love that you're supposed to get lost. That's so true. You gotta get lost in order to be found. So. Amen. Yep. So I love that. Grace Valentine, thank you so much for being on. You were freaking awesome. Um, definitely let me know if you're ever in New York and uh, I'll let yes, you know if I'm ever. Thank you. Make me a city girl. <laughs> yes. Like, let's go. We talked about that yeah. before we started recording. And I'm like, I think yes, to New York. Eating a bagel 
not eating it on the subway because we learned that's gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, I will let you know. Thanks for having me. You're the awesome, you're awesome, Victoria. All right, you guys. I told you, Grace Valentine, just relatable. I think that's the word that really comes to mind and resonates more than anything else is her relatability. You know, she's like, yeah, I was a party girl. Uh, I still get happy when I go to a, you know, a, a wedding and there's an open bar. You know, it's like there's not this idea that you need to be this perfectly manicured, put together, have get it right all the time person in order to be someone who can help guide others. Right. And so I love that. It's her relatability to me that says like, yeah, like we don't have our shit together all the time and that's okay. And we're still finding our way and we probably never stop finding our way and that's okay. Cause we're not going to get it right all the time. Cause guess what? You're not supposed to get it right all the time. And all of that is just, it's okay. It's more than okay. So lots of life lessons today, um, on singleness, on not comparing yourself on, you know, your, your chapters in your life and your journey and finding your way. And so I hope there's something in there today that resonated and, you know, helped guide you on your path. And that's what we got for you today. So you can follow Grace on Instagram. She is at the Grace Valentine. Follow us on Instagram at Very Best Self. Follow me at Victoria Brown. Leave us five stars. You guys, make sure you hit subscribe. It's like the most freaking important thing. Make sure you hit subscribe. And uh, if you have extra, extra time, leave us a review and tell us what this episode meant to you or what the pod means to you and share this with someone you love. So that's a wrap. I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. BB out. Bye.